This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Beyond Zero is Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future and more. Toyota gives you the power to reduce carbon emissions and help move toward its vision with a wide selection of electrified vehicles. Whether you're into hybrid EVs for that traditional Toyota feel with better MPG, battery EVs for a smooth and silent ride, or plug-in hybrid EVs that switch between battery and fuel, Toyota has you covered. And for those who prefer hydrogen, Toyota's fuel cell EVs emit nothing but water vapor from the tailpipe. So cool. Giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions and move closer to Toyota's Beyond Zero Vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified vehicles slash beyond zero vision. Toyota, let's go places. You know, I guess we should begin today's episode by pointing out that it is not, to our knowledge, sponsored by Miller Lite. Although we had a lot of fun with those guys. You had the best tagline of all time. I'm still I'm really surprised they haven't, like, purchased this from you. You know, it was a gift. We're just very giving people on this show. And that is the gift that keeps on giving in social media (laughs) form. And I don't know if they'll ever give us any more ads again, but what was it again, Ben? Uh, Miller Lite. The beer is so good that you can drink it with your mouth. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that we arrived at that on our earlier episode about ritual alcohol enemas. Or, a.k.a., you're not going to say it, are you? You're not going to say it. I tried to make you say it last time. <laughs> that was a, a sore spot. Butt chugging is the word. That's Butt right. chugging. That's right. Um, today we're talking about a different kind of chugging. Uh, chugging, chugging it to the streets. Yes, yes. Taking mm-hmm. it to the streets. That's well put. And uh, I'm, I'm Ben. Oh, I'm Noel. And we are, of course, joined with our super producer, Casey Pegram. Give it up for him, fellow ridiculous historians. Our journey today takes us to the early 1800s in foggy old London town. October, specifically, when a bizarre sequence of events threw the community of St. Giles, London, 
into a state of pandemonium and terror. What happened and how did this come to pass? Okay, so let's set the scene. He already did. Foggy London town, 1814. Uh, There's a brewery, right? There's Mm -hmm. a brewery called the Horseshoe Brewery, which was located at the corner of Great Russell Street and Tottenham Court Road. So the Horseshoe Brewery was the building. It was like this historic brewery. And the Mew and Company Brewers, I guess, had taken it over or they were the ones occupying it at this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they had a – they were all about being up to the latest – technological brewing standards, which at the time were giant wooden vats secured with these uh, iron rings, like a giant barrel, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. These giant barrels girdled with heavy iron hoops. And this was sort of a, a fad or a trend for breweries at the time. The vats were meant to be displayed to visitors, right? They were meant to be uh, a show-stopping spectacle and to impress potential customers. So there was this kind of a one-upsmanship contest wherein different breweries would try to build progressively larger uh, vats and barrels. And you just said how how big these were. To put it in another perspective, they're three stories tall. And as you said, they're built of, of wood with just some hoops around them, very heavy iron hoops for structural integrity. Yeah, and um, let's not forget the type of beer that was being brewed here. It was something akin to a stout, like a dark porter ale, which was very popular at the time. Um, And this vat would hold 3,500 barrels of this brown stuff. And everything is fine for years. Yeah. For like four years. Everything is fine until it isn't. On October 17th, 1814, in this area of St. Giles, which we should mention is a poor area of London, several things are happening. There is a woman named Anne Seville who is mourning the tragic death of her two-year-old son, John, who had just died the day earlier on October 16th. And she is mourning in her cellar apartment. A lot of people live in basements in this area. And then upstairs... On the first floor of this tenement on New Street, a lady named Mary Banfield is sitting down for tea with her daughter, Hannah, who is four. And then across across the way or nearby, there is a 14-year-old named Eleanor Cooper at the Tavistock Arms Public House who's scouring pots. A teenage barmaid. A teenage barmaid, yeah. Or scullery maid at the very least. She is by this outdoor water pump that's right next to a brick wall that's about 25 feet high. And the brewery that you mentioned, Noel, um, that, that you described for us earlier, is directly on the other side of that barrier. They're famous for this porter that you mentioned, and they produce more than 100,000 barrels of this each year. It was big business, and around 4.30 p.m. that day, a storehouse clerk named George Crick looks at one of these huge wooden vats and he's looking at it from above right and as he's staring down he notices something's off one of those hoops which weighs 700 pounds has slipped off a cask and the porter that's storing is 10 months old crick's been with the company for almost two decades and he knew that this kind of thing this slippage of the hoop could happen maybe 
once to three times a year, and he didn't think too much of it. He was just like, sometimes things happen. Were they not doing proper maintenance on this monstrosity? It's hard to say, man. You know, they must have had to do some sort of regular maintenance just because it's wood. Yeah, but I imagine that, like, safety and, you know, health mm. inspections wasn't really much of a thing back in these days. Mm-hmm. So those probably, like, left their own devices a little bit. But, yeah, so that one hoop pops off. And you can imagine, like, what? We're talking, like, maybe, like, eight of these hoops for this giant cask, right? Sure, yeah. So that's significantly weakening it structurally. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other hoops start to kind of follow suit, or at least the, I don't know, it, it starts to weaken the entire thing. It's like a domino effect almost, right. right? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So George Crick goes ahead and fills up the vat all the way, almost to the top, almost to the brim, I think four inches away from the top, and this, like, more than 20 feet high. Wait, he sees the thing pop off, and then he's just like, ah, screw it, and still going to... He sees that it slipped. I see. At this point, it slipped, and he told his boss about it, and his boss said that, quote, no harm whatever would ensue. And... (laughs) Sounds like a real (laughs) villainous type. I know. I can't help but picture him as such. And he told Crick, he was just like, George, you should write a letter to another guy who works at the brewery, and they can fix it later. But we'll be fine for now. Don't worry about it. And then uh, Crick sits down, and he, he's filled up the vat. He writes this letter, and it's, uh, it's about 5.30 when he finishes writing the letter, and then he hears a massive explosion. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, a massive explosion that set forth all of those thousands of barrels of this... It was hot, actually, because it was mid-ferment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just gushing. And it was so forceful that it actually took out a wall mm-hmm. in the brewery that allowed it to continue to flood into the streets of that area we were describing earlier. And not to mention that as it went, it took out the other casks that were around as well. That may have not held the same volume total, but added up together, made for a whole nother problem. Right, exactly. So that large barrier we mentioned earlier where the 14-year-old Eleanor Cooper is working, that wall collapses. It kills her instantly. The sheer force of this explosion sends bricks flying through the air across Great Russell Street, and a deluge of beer rushes through the neighborhood, and it's sweeping away. Like, this is an actual flood. It's sweeping away everything in its path. Well, this is like 320-plus thousand gallons of beer. Yeah, in that one, that first vat alone held the equivalent of one million pints of beer. Jesus. And again, as as we said uh, just a moment ago, that wasn't the only vat that went. And there was no drainage. We should mention that on these city streets. There's not like a sewage system. Have we talked about the great stink of London, Ben? I think we have. <laughs> we have. Remember how nasty that city was oh, pre-sewage God. system? Yeah. You know, it was just the streets were literally caked in human excrement. And so this beer is washing all that along with it. People are getting swept up in the flood. Can you imagine the smell? It must have been disgusting. I mean, think about how it smells like downtown Atlanta or somewhere mm-hmm. like Little Five Points, like after like a weekend, you know, it just mm-hmm. smells like pee and stale beer. Or just outside of our building. Just outside actually. of our building. <laughs> it's true. This must have been that like to the 
nth power. And it happens so quickly. It's difficult for us to fully articulate how quickly this occurs. People who live in the neighborhood are losing their minds. They're screaming zoice and whatnot, and they're hopping up on pieces of furniture. They're trying to save themselves from drowning, which was a real possibility because this flood was so strong and so forceful that some of the houses that were in disrepair crumbled themselves. So your house could fall on you. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. All right, here's where it gets gross, okay? It's already pretty gross at this point, but um, a lot of the folks were trying to, you know, make this, see the silver lining in the situation, and, you know, likely they were alcoholics because they were just like, hey, free beer. So they would get, like, whatever receptacle they could get their hands on, a bucket or 
whatever and start mm-hmm. scooping this stuff up and drinking it. And some people just lapped it up off the street. And again, lots of poop mixed in with this beer at this point. Right. Lots of, lots of poop, detritus, road dirt. Roadkill. Yeah. And let's also not forget that this beer was mid-fermentation. So it wasn't even... Done. Yeah, it wasn't even like beer, beer. Yeah. yeah. So where are we at fatality-wise at this point, Ben, as this deluge makes its way through St. Giles Rookery, another area where I believe uh, some of the city's poorest were living. Um, and this is another very sad detail here, Ben. Uh, this happened during the day, so uh, the men would have been away at work. So the folks that were at home that would have experienced the brunt of this beer NAMI uh, would have been children and women. Right, exactly. Let's explore some of the fatalities. So we mentioned the unfortunate end of 14-year-old barmaid Eleanor Cooper. Uh, She died pretty quickly, near instantly, as far as we can tell. But let's also revisit some of the characters we introduced uh, earlier in the story. Anne Seville, who was mourning again the death of her two-year-old son, John, was holding a wake in their basement apartment. When the beer flood hit, they had no time or no way to get out. So Seville, along with the other three mourners, were all killed by by this beer. And then the couple that we had mentioned, the mom and daughter, having tea on the first floor of their tenement, uh, Mary Benfield and her four-year-old daughter, Hannah, they both passed away. So this this gets us up to, let's see, Eleanor, the four mourners, Mary and Hannah. This gets us up to seven fatalities in a matter of minutes. But that's not all. There was one more fatality, right, Noel? Yeah, uh, this is uh, probably as a direct result of these booze scoopers that we were talking about earlier that were just, you know, chugging the stuff from the streets, hence my opening uh, phrase, chugging it to the streets. And apparently this last death was alcohol poisoning. And not, not to make light, but, you know, it's sort of like you did it to yourself, buddy. You, you, you escaped the actual deluge that all of these innocents, you know, were subjected to. And then you went, you went and drank yourself to death like a jerk. Because isn't, like, half-fermented booze dangerous isn't it like the ethanol really strong or something like that i I, I thought so i know like moonshine if you drink it before it's finished or something like that it Mm. can be really really dangerous but i don't know if that applies i'm just spitballing here but do we know no whether or not that was intentional alcohol poisoning you know what i mean were they just trying not to drown and they managed to not drown interesting but they unclear 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 i don't know i just want to just not that they need me to defend them, but possibly. I, though, I, I don't want to sound too cynical about it. I'm tempted to think it's the first idea you proposed and that they just drank themselves to death. There could have been more deaths, more fatalities. It's pretty astonishing, in fact, that so few people died as a result of this flood. This, uh, what you say earlier, beer nami. I like uh-huh, that. Yeah. The worst damage does occur there on New Street. And now this neighborhood is soaked in beer. Everything stinks. People are covered in hot malt liquor. Three brewery employees almost died, but they were luckily pulled from this temporary raging river. And people, rescuers arrived on the scene and they were trying with their bare hands to go through the rubble and find anyone who was trapped inside. 
and they had to, they were in a really weird situation because people are losing their minds, wailing and screaming. And they're like, you have to be quiet because we're trying to hear people in the rubble. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real scene, Ben. Um, and surprise, surprise, this story doesn't have a happy ending on, on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. On the corporate level, right? On the corporate greed and corruption level. There's some real palm greasing going on here. And some, right. some shady backroom deals that caused uh, the responsible parties, being the brewers, mm-hmm. to kind of get away scot-free. And remember, Ben, you mentioned houses were lost, foundations were wrecked, homes were crumbled because of this. This was that much beer. Can you believe it? It blows my mind that it would have kept that uh, momentum going long enough to actually damage people's properties. I can't even picture the sheer volume of stinking brown hot booze. And yeah, this does have a, maybe sobering is not the right word for this episode, but it's funny. There is a sobering aspect to this story, which is that this community was largely composed of Irish immigrants and newspapers in the establishment at the time very much looked down on immigrants from Ireland. And the company that owned the brewery eventually did just fine because you would think they would take an enormous financial hit, right, from losing literally all of their inventory, killing eight people, and destroying a neighborhood. Uh, but they initially thought they were going to be in tough times because they had already paid the excise taxes on the booze, but somehow they got Parliament to give them a pass and they got their money back. Yeah, not only that, they got um, Parliament or whatever governing body was overseeing this thing uh, to rule the disaster, the um, collapse of this cask as an act of God, an unavoidable Act of God. Meaning no mortal entity could be held responsible. And meaning no mortal uh, got a dime. Right. And this was only two days after the flood. A jury convened to investigate the accident. They visited the site of the tragedy. They viewed the corpses of the victims. They heard testimony from uh, Crick, who we mentioned earlier. And as you said, Noel, they said this had been an act of God and that the victims had met their death casually accidentally, and by misfortune. I would agree with the last part. I would It was definitely a serious case of misfortune. And there was a lot of speculation about the court being corrupt or bribed, but there was never an official statement made. And the brewery soldiered on for a long time, for more than a century. It wasn't until 1922 that it was demolished And they built something called the Dominion Theater on part of the site. In 2012, there was a pub in the area, the Holborn Whippet, that began marking the great beer flood of 1814 with a vat of porter brewed especially for the day, which to me feels like it's in poor taste. I'm just going to go on the record and say that. I would agree with you on the record. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. 
This is important stuff. Your team can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your teen enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. So another strange aspect of this story is that this is not the only strange beverage flood. I think, did we ever mention the Great Molasses Flood? I don't know if we've done a full episode on it, but there's definitely a parallel. It's mm -hmm. like the American equivalent yeah. uh, of this. Because I don't know that there's ever been another booze flood kind of like this. Because they switched after this. This did bring about some change in the brewing process. They changed it to concrete casks as opposed to these shoddy, you know, rickety wooden casks. But what's the Great Molasses Flood? Is it, is it great as well? We were talking off air about how it's yeah. funny when we have a date and then a, the great a thing, implying there may have been lesser versions of that. The, the mediocre beer flood. Yeah, so the Great Molasses Flood, also known as the Boston Molasses Disaster, occurred in January of 1919 when a huge storage tank of molasses burst, causing molasses to rush through the streets at like 35 miles an hour. Uh, 150 people were injured, 21 people died. And then there was the Honolulu molasses spill, 
which happened in 2013. So this stuff isn't just ancient history. Luckily, no humans, as far as we know, passed away in that molasses spill, but it did tremendous damage to the maritime environment. And then there's one other one. I just like the name. I don't know if you've heard this name, Noah. I want to see what you think about it. The Pepsi Fruit Juice Flood. That sounds like a drink. That sounds like a really cool <laughs> band. Hey, you guys going to see the Pepsi Fruit Juice Flood at Red Rocks? <laughs> uh, I caught them in Bonnaroo. You know, I, I just, I love their live work. Yeah. <laughs> so, they've taken a different direction on their new album. Yeah, the Pepsi Fruit Juice Flood, which I feel like they might put out as a beverage one day, was a flood of 28 million liters of fruit and vegetable juice into the streets of a town in Russia called Lebdian, and it was caused by a collapse of a PepsiCo warehouse. Uh, no deaths resulted from the spill, but there were two injuries, and the streets were awash with pineapple, apricot, tangerine, grape, mango, pomegranate, apple, cherry, orange, grapefruit, and tomato juice. So if you were going to make a commemorative drink for that, those would be the ingredients, and I think that would taste pretty nasty, right? It does seem so. That doesn't seem like a very good combination of flavors. It's like, I, I did you ever drink V8? I like V8 Splash, but no, I do not like tomato juice, if that's what you're asking me. What, 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 what am I supposed to drink, Clamato next? Like, what? <laughs> What's the difference between V8 Splash and V8? V8 Splash has, like, fruit juices in it. It has just a little bit. It hides the carrot juice in the tomato juice. It's veiled. <laughs> Kids like to drink it. It's a tasty juice beverage. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a shot. No, I have never tried V8 nor V8 Splash. Am I experiencing a life unlived? No, Ben, it takes, I mean, you know, you, you're, you've got your path. <laughs> you've got your story, you know? It doesn't have to include V8. Thanks, man. You, I really you drink, appreciate You drink that. other beverages that, you know, that, that I, don't, I don't drink. Like uh, milk. I don't drink milk. You don't drink milk? No. Not mi even nut milk? I feel like milk is an ingredient. We actually, we had this conversation before with uh, one of our coworkers, a great guy, Paul Deccant, who also has the nickname Mission Control, and uh, he is definitely a fan of drinking milk. Wouldn't you say so, Casey? Absolutely. Have you guys had that conversation about milk as an ingredient versus a beverage? Uh, I mean, I consume it as a beverage, too, so I'm, I'm right there <gasps> with him. I like chocolate milk. Yeah, yeah, same, same. I used to, did you guys ever hear the story? This has nothing to do with the Great Beer Flood of 1814, but did you guys ever hear the story of... Uh, I guess the old urban legend that chocolate milk was originally created to hide blood clots and impurities. Delicious way to hide it. <laughs> okay. Well, Casey on the case. And this ends our tale for today. Thank you so much for tuning in, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, super producer Casey Pegram. Noel, my friend, as always, thank you for exploring this strange disturbing tale. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. It's sort of a, a tale of wealth and poverty mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the rich running roughshod over the poor. Mm -hmm. We sort of didn't really see that aspect of it until the end, but um, it's definitely there, and it's gross. It's gross uh, philosophically and also physically gross because it's hot beer rushing through the poop-laden streets of London town. Right. Washing away children, having tea parties. I know. Ugh. And no one got in trouble. No one went to jail. It's a shame, but at least it did lead to better safety standards. That's true. 
Well, speaking of things leading to things, this is the part of the show where we lead to the end of the show. Nice segue, Noel. Dude, my segue game is on fire. It's great. I'm it's really great. working on it. I've been saving that one. You've been putting in the work. Thanks, Ben. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. But more importantly, you can find us and your fellow Ridiculous Historians on our Facebook community page, Ridiculous Historians. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. There's some good conversation there, some good memery, some good history weirdness, uh, good conversation. I already said that. All of those things. You can find it right there. Go to Ridiculous Historians. All you have to do is like name one of our names or something. And even if you just like make up something clever, we'll, we'll let you in. If it's funny, we'll let you in. Totally. We'd like to thank our research associate, Gabe, who uh, helped us out with this one. Um, we'd also like to thank our buddy, Alex Williams, who composed this theme. Do you think he even knows that we include a thank you to him in every episode? I told him. Oh, you told him? He, uh, he, he nodded. He's a very demure kind of dude. Yeah. Oh, what's our... Uh, Comic book recommendation. Comic book recommendation for today. This one might be a little on the nose, um, but I had a friend tell me how I got the movie version of Watchmen all wrong, how I need to go back and watch it again. Um, I have not done that yet, but I really felt like it kind of missed the mark of what that comic was all about. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really recommend going back and revisiting not the movie Watchmen, but the incredible seminal graphic novel Watchmen by Alan Moore, um, Watchmen. I also, oddly enough, have an Alan Moore recommendation that I was thinking about. Cool. Providence. Providence is the uh, is, is the story of a writer who explores the world of H.P. Lovecraft. It's a guy who kind of who wants to meet H.P. Lovecraft and has all these weird experiences that, if you like H.P. Lovecraft and you like Alan Moore, you're going to love this. That's all I can say. See you next time, folks. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.